Hello and welcome to this newest edition of the Lakerside Chat. I'm close as Alan Ramich, joined with a old friend, previous guest multiple times, Jabari Davis. Welcome back, sir. How are you? Alan, man, I appreciate you having me. It's uh, it's fun that you know, as we're getting closer to the end of July, that we actually have some real, real stuff to talk about. So thanks, thanks for having me again. I mean, if if we were recording. If it, if it was a regular year, we'd just be talking about AD's contract extension, right? Like that, that's what that's what our main topic would be after winning number seventeen. But I the, digress. The timeline would be in a panic, and everybody it would be the sky is falling, and hey, you know, on his timeline he liked somebody else's picture. It, it would be all of that. So you know what? You're if anything, at least the pandemic gave us this. <laughs> and then at twelve oh one July first, he just signed a five year extension. That's what exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's just get into it. You know, we obviously love talking Lakers basketball. Basketball's restarting, which I know me and you are both very excited about. Um, the Lakers have obviously been practicing at, at the health center. Um, not full practices, but they've been ramping it up definitely. Um, unfortunately, we got news that Lionel Hollins will not be joining the team in Orlando due to underlying health conditions which obviously covid could impact you know his health so hopefully first and foremost we hope that lionel hollins is well and he stays well um secondly um how do you feel about that because i for one you know i've been really impressed with the coaching staff and i know he'll still be very heavily involved however there is a part of me that just feels sorry for him for putting all this hard work in during the summer during the season sorry and now he's not going to be there for the most pivotal part of it yeah, I'm glad you phrased it that way because most importantly, his health is you know is is the most important you know thing, topic of conversation. No matter what, you know, like if, if it's just a precautionary measure, awesome. You know, if, if it's something that's going on, whatever it is, I, I I I hope you know I hope it's something that he's able to recover from you know you know, you know quickly. But uh, yeah, no, it 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 was also. It was actually kind of telling, uh, and, and we spoke of this in the you know just before recording. Uh, it was kind of telling to me that you know that he's still going to be an integral part of the, of the, of the conversation. He's still going to be an integral part of the you know, like of the coaching strategy. Um, it, it you know what, Alan? Hey, it's my bad. Totally my bad. Can we just can I just restart that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, it's totally my bad. All right. Oh. Yeah, you know, it, it it's one of those things where I'm glad you I'm glad you phrased it from like like that from the start. Uh, his his health and his well being are the most important thing. So if it's a cautionary measure, hopefully you know they, they you know they they caught things in in God damn, Alan, <laughs> have I have this ever happened before? Where <laughs> never never. Yeah. Hold on. Let me uh. Let me Don't do this worry. Right. No no no. <laughs> All right. Apologies. No worries, man. Yeah, I'm glad you said it that way from the start because obviously his health is most important. Uh, it, it probably, or at least it seems as though it's a precautionary measure. And if, if that's the case, then obviously it, it's a it's a smart thing to do, you know, given the circumstances. But uh, you know, it's pretty telling that he's still going to be a part of the you know, part of the game plan. It's really a testament to just how close, the, even with the pandemic going on, and even with everybody, you know, obviously. Uh, 
paying attention to and having to focus on a, a bunch of other things, just how close this, you know, this unit is. Oh, it's definitely a, a very telling sign that, you know, Frank Vogel definitely values him. And, and I, for one, completely understand it. You know, there's been a lot of um, detractors to the whole coaching stuff and basically from the onset, you know, how they'd mesh and whatnot. But this is a guy who, let's be real, Lionel Hollins was the creator of grit and grind in Memphis, the whole way that they'd play. So he's, he's and then he was in Brooklyn latterly, you know, obviously, you know, people less remember that than the Memphis time, but this guy's a legit NBA coach. Like, you know, we talk about, you know, assistant coaches and, you know, we always have these up and coming names, but having someone of Lionel Hollins's ilk on your coaching staff as an assistant coach doesn't happen every day. You know, like you're exactly right. And the thing of it is, is we went into the year and if people are being honest about it, a lot of us, while we were you know, optimistic, at the very least, we were cautiously optimistic, given the composition of, of the coaching staff. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you know, the two of us, we, we were a little bit more optimistic than others, um, you know, because we didn't fall into the, oh, man, you know, Jason Kidd's definitely going to, you know, steal, stab, you know, Frank Vogel in the back. But you, you but you're 100 percent right. Being able to have former head coaches, not just former head coaches, former head coaches with finals experience, former head coaches with, you know, that, you know, that, 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 you know, as you stated with Lionel Hollins. In particular, you know, he, he he's he's had accolades in the past. He was a you know former you know former coach of the year, as a matter of fact. He got unceremoniously fired, I think, that same season or the very next year. But but obviously, at you know, as you stated, you know, especially in particular during his time early on there in Memphis, you know, he showed that he can do this. So yeah, I, I'm I'm for one still very pleased with the way it turned out, even though admittedly I did not think that it would ultimately end up being Frank and all of these guys. Let's just stay on the coaching staff a little bit because obviously we touched on Lionel, but like, like we said about Jason Kidd towards the start of the year, you know, I think it was mostly jokes from Lakers, from Lakers Nation, you know, uh, mm-hmm. due to Jason Kidd's previous history and whatnot, you know, and obviously Jason Kidd really wanted the Lakers head coaching job from all sources being told, but um, the fact that he had exactly, uh, but like. The thing with Jason Kidd is he's played his role really well. I feel like he's done, you know, he garners the respect of people like LeBron James immediately with his playing career. Like the dude's a Hall of Famer, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame yet. He should be if he's not. Um, I don't think he is yet, but actually maybe he's will. I'll look it up as you're going. But if, if he isn't, he absolutely will be and he should be. And he, he's phenomenal. He really is Jason Kidd, you know. Um, but what the biggest thing about the coaching staff is it's mirrored the playing team as in the cohesion between them it seems like from the outside anyway has been from day one it's just been on it and I think a lot of credit needs to be given to Rob Palinka for A putting them together with Frank Vogel and also to Frank Vogel for running that ship because I know we've we talked about Frank Vogel in the past as being that potentially being that grown-up that the Lakers needed at that time. I don't know if you remember that conversation last year, Mm -hmm. but that's absolutely happened. And he is that grown-up, and he's brought his basketball acumen to it as well, which is phenomenal. Yeah, you know, and and at that time, if I'm not mistaken, I think I made this reference. It it reminds me of how USC ultimately back in the day, was it circa 98, 99, how they landed on Pete Carroll. They went after three or four other guys, you know, in advance, you know, some with bigger names, uh, you know, at that time, especially some would get, you know, some with, you know, that, that were significantly more established in the college game. 
And then you know, none of those, you know, none of those folks worked out, and they lucked up. And I don't care how it sounds, they lucked up because it is lucking up. If if he's your fourth or fifth option, <laughs> they lucked up, and Pete Carroll ended up being great. Well, regardless of how we got here, I I appreciate the fact that the you know that this front office, whether it was Rob on his own or the consortium of you know like of folks that we've heard different you know various things about and have various titles. However, they came to this conclusion, they ended up with the right mix, and it absolutely, you know, like it, it was absolutely the perfect situation. Oh, definitely. And the one thing that I personally um, don't like in the wider NBA community is the lack of recognition that Frank Vogel's got. We've seen mm. LeBron team struggle when they've got a new coach, a new team together, mm-hmm. and it's been seamless from day one. And the fact that, we, that the Lakers have been this good, this quick, with Frank mm-hmm. Vogel being able to implement his vision of basketball, which is essentially what he's done. He's implemented his version, but updated from the Indiana days. Like You can tell there's a lot of similarities between the way that the Lakers and the Pacers play, but obviously it's more, it's a more modern version of the way that Pacers used to play with, with LeBron James, obviously. I mean, that helps a lot. You know, let's not kid ourselves, you know, and having <laughs> AD instead of David West, as much as I love David West, don't get me wrong, that guy's... You know, really, really good player. AD is ridiculous, you know. But still, I feel like a lot of credit needs to go to Frank Vogel that is not being given in most quarters in the NBA. You know, that actually is a great point in particular because had he failed or had things gone wrong, a lot of the folks that are failing to give him credit would be would be all over him. Like, of course, that's what happens when you 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 don't you you strike out on this guy and you strike out on that guy, and this guy took assistant coach money over here instead of you know instead of the money that you were offering. That's what happens, and you know that folks would have been waiting to dunk on that man and dunk all over the Lakers you know the Lakers fans timelines. So agreed. Look, I'm never going to say I'm never going to say, you know, it's it's an easy thing, you know, to have stars. But I will say it. Look, he, he, he walked into a great situation. The only thing that I will acknowledge, you know, the, the, the one thing I, I want to acknowledge about that is just because you have great players doesn't necessarily mean you're actually going to be successful. Phil Jackson and, you know, and, and Lakers fans should remember this. Phil Jackson is a perfect testament to that. We, you know, the Lakers had Shaq and Kobe. They had, you know, they, you know, they had even Glenn Rice, you know, and folks before Phil Jackson came, and they continued to exit the, you know, the postseason early. They, you know, Dell Harris and Kurt Rambis, they weren't able to hold things together in the way that, it, you know, the way that it needed to, you know, needed to be. They weren't able to push the right buttons and motivate folks in, in the ways that they needed to be. Enter, enter Phil Jackson, and immediately it was the right fit. I'm not in any way saying that Frank Vogel is going to run off 11 of these things over the next, you know, 12, 15 years or anything like that but i will state sometimes yeah 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 exactly from you know from, <laughs> from you know from your pleading lips to the basketball god's ears but what i will say is it, it does have that same feeling of the right guy at the right time for this group definitely and what what the thing, biggest thing you can tell from the team gelling together is just how much lebron has respected frank vogel and those re- reports that lebron legitimately respected coach vogel from his days at indiana have been proven mm-hmm. to be true because there's no way Le- he has this type of buying from LeBron immediately if LeBron didn't already respect him as a head coach. Yeah, it, 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 you're exactly right. And the thing of it is, and maybe is maybe this is a part of growth from LeBron, you know, combined with you know like the overall respect that he has for him. Uh, but you, but you're right. If he you know if LeBron doesn't deal you know, buy in, none of this is going to work. 
Uh, yeah, quite frankly, as much of a Luke fan as I have been, and you have been as well, and obviously a lot of Lakers fans still want him to do well, even, whether he's up there That's in Sacramento. Well. Exactly. But you know what I'm saying? Whether he's up there or not, uh, he was never you know, LeBron was never going to buy into that. That was not going to work, whether it was a matter of the system not being up to snuff, the, you know, the, you know, the overall system, you know, the, you know, the, in terms of the assistant coaches and, you know, the, the support and whatnot, not, you know, not being adequate or simply Luke just not being ready for that type of ride. That was never going to work. So you're, you're right. It, it is a testament to both, you know, you know uh, both Frank Vogel as well as LeBron. And I, and I, and I really do think it, it you know, it, it, it was it, it was probably the perfect fit. Of all the candidates, if you go back and you look at all the ones that they were talking about, this was probably, you know, yes, Ty Lue would have seemingly been better, but I don't necessarily know. Like, that might have been better for LeBron, but, you know, who knows if it would have been better for everybody else. Frank Vogel and this group of, and this group of guys that they've been able to, you know, you know to work out, this has been the work, this has been the absolute work, you know, right fit for this group. I don't know if you've noticed, but, you know, the Lakers seem to do the best when they look into coaches. Like, look at what happened with Pat Riley. And then obviously, you know, mm-hmm. we had Del Harris and Kurt Rambis and then Phil came along. And then obviously we had mm-hmm. that hiatus from Phil and we saw what happened. Kobe goes wild on the league, but then we still like exit the playoffs in the first or second round. Mm-hmm. And then Phil comes back with Pau and look what happens again. You know, it's, it, it's, no, it's, no, um, it's no coincidence that whenever there's a competent head coach that has buy-in from its star player... It's no, it's no coincidence that the Lakers are really, really good, you know, and that's yep. the main thing. And I think it gets lost on a lot of people as well, you know, like just how important that head coach star players relationship really is. Oh, without a doubt, if you if the head coach can't relate to the star players or all the players in general, but in particular, we know how this thing goes in life in general, you know, not just in professional sports. If you can't get along with the, you know with your stars, you know, you know whether you're in business, basketball, or anything beyond, it's not going to work. Uh, just before we segue into the next segment, I just want to ask you a quick, quick question about the team as a whole. Um, it's a bit unexpected, but I'll still ask it anyway. I legitimately can't remember a team being dislikable and them liking each other this much, like this this current Lakers iteration. Like obviously we love the 0-9-10 Lakers, you know, <clears throat> you know the, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, but. You can just tell there's a sense of togetherness that this squad has that not many teams in the NBA in general have had ever. Yeah, you know, I I, I won't be hyperbolic and and say you know it's the it's the tightest team ever in in terms of that. But I I, I get your point. What it reminds me of is the same feeling that I had when I you know as a small kid when I was watching the Showtime Lakers. But in particular, you know, bringing it more current. The team that followed the Showtime Lakers, that that squad that came up together, the Eldon Campbell, the Nick Van Exel, uh, you know, Eddie Jones and all those guys, they had that type of camaraderie as well. The only difference was those guys were still, you know, you know, st- you know still climbing up the mountain. What's impressive, you know, what's really impressive about this, and of course, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves because nothing is taking place yet. But what's impressive about this is this appears to be a championship team or a champion, uh, clearly a championship level team that has that type of connectivity. And that's that is pretty rare. Very, very rare. Um, let's let's go on to the next topic. Um, obviously, the Lakers have made some additions um, since we've talked last. Uh, Avery Bradley has um, unfortunately opted out. You know, all the best to him and his family. I just want to say, you know, because his son has um, respiratory issues. For those of you that don't know, if you live under a rock, so he's decided to yeah. opt out. You know, um, for the best case, you know, for his son and. 
that's a that's a stance that I can only respect. You know, like that's a huge sacrifice to make because, you know, we know how good Avery Bradley has been for us, and you know, um, people might forget that, but Avery Bradley, especially that last Clipper game just before the lockdown, oh man, it, what a joy to watch. You know, so obviously J.R. Smith has been signed to take up his spot, but he's not been signed to replace him. I'm right in that, aren't I? You know, I, I keep on hearing it on national media in the States, but J.R. Smith has absolutely not been signed to replace Avery Bradley in the rotation. Yeah, and that's a great point. And that, and that's the thing that the timeline usually is not going to differentiate between. So you're going to have folks that are, you know, like yourself and like myself that are pleased with the addition simply because you can't like there's nothing at all wrong with having death. But then you're also going to have those folks that, once again, they just want to dunk on you and say, like, oh, you, you went from having Avery Bradley, who coincidentally, those same people were poo pooing all along the way anyhow to now you have a guy that hasn't been playing. So they're just honestly, they're just looking for opportunities that you know, like to dunk on folks. Here's the truth. And and, and we did. And you did mention this in the, in the pre-show as well. There is absolutely positively nothing at all wrong with having some depth. J.R. Smith, while yet yes, he's meme worthy. Yes, there are plenty of different all the jokes. Get all the jokes off. They're you know, they're warranted. <laughs> they're, they're warranted. And yes, he's had a big blunder in a huge moment. He's also a guy that's been through some fires and and not you know has been there alongside LeBron, has been there knocking down shots in big moments. Here's the thing: you don't expect him to be there every second of every game. You don't even expect him to be a guy that's necessarily consistently in your rotation. But what is nice is being able to say, hey, on a random third quarter stretch when nobody else could get it done. JR came in and hit three threes at, you know, from the corner off the bench and, and, and really kickstarted that comeback. Those are the types of those are the types of outbreaks and, and outbursts that you're actually looking forward to because he will I, look, I'm not guaranteeing it, but I'm guaranteeing there's going to be at least a game that we look back on and we say, well, damn, JR was nice. Excuse my language. JR was nice right there. That <laughs> that in itself was worth the signing. Well, when we look at the bench, I feel like we have real options there now, you know. One of Alex Caruso or KCP will obviously start in, in place of Avery Bradley. They both will take the lion's share of the minutes there. And then you have Kyle Kuzma, who is much maligned, but um, I still mm-hmm. somewhat believe in Kuz. Um, mm-hmm. Not on the way that some people do. I don't think he'll be an all-star, but I still believe in Kuz. Um, Markeith Morris. I, I love Markeith Morris. I just want to say it. Like right here, openly to everyone, I think Markeith Morris is the most. It was the best um, post-trade deadline signing in the NBA. That's how highly I think of Markeith. I, I, you know, honestly, I could ride with you if we had been able to see a little bit more of it. I was definitely excited about those first few games because he did. It did look like a natural, like a seamless fit, and 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 particularly what they needed in that moment, and you know, at a, at a relative, at obviously a relatively low cost. Uh, but I'm but I'm with you. And the thing about Kuz, I'm gonna be honest with you, people need to get over themselves because look, Kuz is annoying. Yes, Kuz is annoying. He's a 22 or 20, or whatever, 24 year old rich guy that's playing, a, you know, able to do something that he loves, and he's probably not gonna necessarily, you know, uh, you'll be lock and step with some 40 year old random dude on the internet. So like all the people that get you, know, they get all up in arms about him. Honestly, it's not that serious. Like it really isn't. If he comes to play. 
just be happy with you know with the contributions and 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 to the other side of that like you said he's not you know like, don't expect him to be a superstar but if you have a guy that you know is under contract right now obviously he is for a low rate that can also if focused and locked in can give you 20 off the bench I, i've got to be honest with you i just don't understand what the vitriol is i just don't understand what it's for i think he's become a scapegoat in the lakers community in particular because he sort of embraced the Hollywood lifestyle. Um, yes. People seem to attribute that you can only enjoy that if you are a star player. But we've seen in the past, like, realistically, like, I'm not being funny, right? Sasha Vujicic is, like, one of the most liked Lakers of all time. He barely uh-huh. played. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We love him. The, the man has a nickname. Come on, man. Like, you don't get a nickname if you do you know, with the contributions that you, you know, that Sasha did. But we loved him. I Look. You're, you're, you 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 nailed it. It's because they don't like his personality. And again, I'm not asking anybody to love him. I'm not asking you to agree with his hairstyle, you know, hairstyles, you know, choices or any of that stuff. Because personally, I think all that stuff is silly too. But you know <laughs> what? I'm a 41 year old man, so I'm not necessarily going to relate to what a 24 year old or 25, however old he is. So you know, so, someone in his position is going to do. But if he gets out there and he hoops, I'm a, I'm going to appreciate it. And I'm not going to sit there and wasting my time worrying about who he liked or who he went on a date with or any of that crap. I feel like that was beautifully put. So I'll just move on talk about the rest of the players on the roster. Um, Dwight Howard also is, is, is a question mark, but I think I can fairly assume from him commenting on other players' posts and he seems to be excited that mm. I feel like he believes right now, and the Lakers also believe that he's more likely than not to play. I'm not sure if you agree with that, but I... yeah, yeah, I, I, it, it certainly seems like he is. And and for the, and for context, and I know that you've mentioned this on the timeline, and you know, but for some of the listeners, and you're some of your listeners that you know, Dwight has a situation where um, the mother of one of his children passed away during the you know, d- you know during this uh, pandemic. Uh, and, and one of his small children. So he, you know, much like, you know, much like um, I was going to say JR, much like Avery, much like other guys, I am one that definitely appreciates and understands that this is not just as simple as, hey, hey, come on, get back to work. It's not that simple. There's a lot of things that go into it. All of that said, I, you know, like you, I'm pretty confident that he's going to come back because all of the signs seem to indicate that he will. And then, so we've mentioned ten play, five players there along with the starting five that are legit contributors. And then mm-hmm. we add Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith to that. We haven't even mentioned Jared Dudley yet. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, and and, you, and this is the thing. Like, and and and, and what's funny? I don't remember if it was on the show or, or beforehand when you mentioned uh, uh, Dominic Foxworth. As a matter of fact, it was beforehand. You know, Dominic Foxworth mentioning that they don't have any depth. And look, individually, these names may not be impressive to other people, and I get it. Especially in particular, if you didn't, if you haven't watched the team, you know, closely, or you know, outside of a couple big games here and there, or if you just forgotten because, hey, look, we've all been on the shelf for the past three, four months. I get it. <laughs> But the truth of the matter is, as a collective, that unit was strong all year. You know, there's a reason why they were, if not the best, one of the best, you know, road teams you know, uh, uh, throughout the season. There's a reason why they get it, you know, why they were able to get in there and put in so much work against the good teams on top of that. So, yeah, like, again, Quinn Cook, 
Jared, you know, Jared Dudley, a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys, they're not, you know, they, they're not starter quality. They're not guys that you're expecting to, you know, get in there and light it up. But if everybody continues to do their job the way that they have up to this point, I do, I think they will, they'll be able to offset the loss of, of Avery. And I honestly think they're going to be completely fine because they've got enough people that contribute in, in all the time, all types of different ways. Not just, you know, not just specialists that deal you know, that can just get in and only score. They've got guys that can do multiple things and as well as some of those specialists you know who i forgot to mention now i'm, I'm trying to think wait oh yeah it, the, the man caruso no i, I mentioned ac oh okay. well, you know guard. i want more <laughs> the other point guard rondo you, you know i'm being quiet <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm just trying to see oh i'm sorry I was just oh. trying to see if I could get it out of you before I said it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so it's it, it's like it, it's like uh it's like a candy man. It's already been said twice. I'm not going to be the one to say it that third time in the mirror. No, look, hey, as much as much crap as I've given Rondo, and he deserved it because he was terrible. He was terrible his first year, and he wasn't good, and he wasn't good that you know the, for majority of this year as well. All those folks that said playoff Rondo, playoff Rondo, you better damn what, excuse my language, you better hope that's true because they could absolutely use that right now. I'm not saying he needs to you know, go back to 2008 Rondo because that's not realistic. He doesn't even have to be 2012 Rondo, but if he can just be a average, league average guy at that spot during the minutes when he's in there, I'm going to be pleased. There, there's some positivity for Rondo. There, I did it. Let's give you a little <laughs> bit more positivity. Give it to me. Remember the last game against the Clippers? I thought he played really well in his minutes. Uh, he had a couple minutes where he did. He had a couple minutes where he didn't. I remember the game. Um, <laughs> hey, look, that's, and that's going to be the case. Look, he's, he's, an, he's an aging veteran. Obviously, you know, he, he's seen his better days you know, like in the past. But you honestly, kind of like what I said about JR or you know, what can be said about a Waiters if he's given you know, an opportunity to a lesser degree with JR and Waiters, uh, because I do think Rondo will be a part of the you know, standard rotation. But it's kind of like with that. You're not ex- I'm not necessarily expecting it. Nobody should necessarily expect him to be you know, all star level guys on a consistent basis. But if they can just stay average or you'll not be a detriment for the majority of the time and pick and choose their spots to really, you know, to, you know, to really, you know, to really, uh, you know, exert themselves or, you know, you know, really step up in moments, in big moments. Well, then honestly, that's all you can really ask. Definitely. And, you know, we, we like talking on Rondo as much as anyone, like, realistically, you know. <laughs> but I do want to say that, you know, I, I'm sure you've seen the photos as well. He looks like another one of those dudes that stayed in phenomenal shape. You know, he, yeah. he, he, look, he looks fantastic. He really does. He, he does. And that's the thing about Rondo, too, is as much trash as people want to talk about him. That guy's a professional, a professional, excuse me, he's a consummate professional. He's always in shape. He like he really does always look like that. I, 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 I saw the pictures that you're talking about where, you know, where, where he looks all kind of rocked up. Um, you know, he's always going to bring you that. That's one thing that, that you can guarantee. So it is good to see. It is good to see that, you know, unlike some of the guys across the league. And, I, and you know what? I, I do want to make this point. Unlike some of the guys across the league, it was good to see that the Lakers stayed in shape. But I will say, I, <clears throat> I think the reason why it stands out so much with a Tatum or with a Middleton is because that's more of the outlier. And, that, and to be completely honest with you, you know, especially in in a Middleton situation, and I know that this is a Lakers, you know, Lakers side talk, and I'm I'm hijacking it with other other players. Uh, there's just no excuse for that. 
absolutely no excuse for that. So, like, you know, more, even more props to the Lakers and to the other players around the league that did stay in shape. Well, what I did want to add on to it is what J- I'm sure you. Li- I don't know if you listened to JJ Reddick's podcast with Bill Simmons. Um, I, I I really like JJ Reddick a lot. I think he's fantastic. I really do. Um, I do like JJ. Um, so that's why I listened to it. It wasn't because of Bill. I, let me just say it like that. <laughs> I know. Um, JJ said basically, if you don't want to play basketball at this point, when it's really easy to get access to a basketball court, like they can make out it's difficult. It's really easy. That was his words, not mine. So he went, if you don't, if you haven't picked up a basketball in three months, it's just that you don't care that much about your game. And yes. I, know, I know, I know, it's the Lakers side chats, but we we obviously talk about the whole NBA. You know, I feel like it would be stupid not to. Um, but what I do want to say is, if I'm Giannis, I'm, I'll say it. I know you won't, but I'll say it. If I was Giannis, I'd be really annoyed right now hearing those comments. Straight up. <laughs> Here, here, let me let, let me help you out. I guess you don't remember about three, four months ago when I th- basically said like I don't care anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. If I was Giannis, if if Middleton doesn't play incredibly during this playoff run, and I mean incredibly, I would walk. And here's why. It, it, it that's not enough by itself, but that is definitely enough to break you know, for for the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. Because I tell you right now. If I if I had the opportunity to win and and everybody always says if I I'm talking about if I'm an NBA player and I have the opportunity that he realistically has being Middleton to win a title right now, regardless of whether it's an asterisk situation or not. I got to be honest with you, if I fail to even give it, you'll you'll give you'll give a darn about it. I would feel like a total and absolute failure. I would feel like I let my teammates down. So I'll take it even a step further. If they do fail, I think Giannis leaves. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to come about. Whether it's ultimately he's you know, walks via free agency or he's ulti- or the Bucks finally accept like oh damn he's not going to accept it he's not going to accept the deal so let me you know, let's go ahead and move him. But I'm telling you right now, if Middleton if if he you know, like, and people will say they still got time to get in shape. I get it. But if Middleton does not come, Edio does not come to play, and unfortunately just play, you know, just happens to play poorly, I think that will be the start, you know, the the, the thread that you you can go ahead and start pulling, you know, get into the unravel. I think that's the beginning of the end. And I just want to say, I'm sure you have at some point during lockdown shot a basketball. I have as well. We are not people who play in the NBA and get paid 25, 26 million a year at minimum. We're we're bu- we're bums sitting on a podcast right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we still got up and shot some shots. Me with my twice torn Achilles, you know, like Alan. I, Alan, in March I was I, I was recovering from surgery. I was on bed rest all the way through the be all, all the way through the middle of April, and I have done I have shot baskets. Like there's literally no excuse. Zero. No excuse. <laughs> So I definitely wanted. So I think it's a nice tangent to touch on because we started talking about the bubble and yeah, I know you talk about the asterisk. I still don't think there's an asterisk on this season. If anything, there's a big damn gold star on this on this season. Whoever wins this year, credit to them. Um, and I'm going to continue saying that because even if it's not our Lakers, even if it's someone else, credit to whoever wins because it will be the most I I believe the most hard-earned title ever. I really do believe that. Um, honestly, because of the circumstances, it, there's there's not a chance that anybody can can honestly disagree with that. And here's the reality, man. 
the trouble is that we have, a, you know, we're considering and we and as saying we, I'm saying, you know, generally all of us, we consider asterisk to be pejorative when it's not. There will be an asterisk. And, and, and here's why. It will be the gold star. It will be the gold standard. It will be the, oh, my God, remember back in 2020 when everything else, when, you know, the United States might be like, you know, the, you know, the greatest foe empire in the world may have been falling, you know, with all of that, you know, with, with the pandemic and all of that. And that team still won. So, yeah, I, look, no matter what, and I and I know that it's going to piss people off, there's going to be an asterisk for it. Just embrace it as it's it, it was literally the Hunger Games. Like, straight <laughs> up, this, this was the Hunger Games, and whoever comes out of it, and yes, I hope it's the Lakers, I don't care, I'll say it, but whomever comes out of it, I'm going to give them their props. Doesn't matter whether, oh, this guy, you know, this, you know, this team got COVID, or these guys got hurt, or this, that, and the other— if you make it to the end of this ride, I'm going to give you a star. Definitely. And, you know, we touched on COVID, so let, let's go into the bubble. Um, All right. you, I know you have been very vocal to me anyway about your reservations, um, mm -hmm. about the whole bubble situation. Just break it down for me. Um, what, what makes you so – I know obviously it's ridiculous the amount of numbers there still is in America, especially in Florida. Um, <laughs> You know. Sorry, I was I was chopping at the bit because I was like, man, do you see what's taking place in Florida? Do you what? see what's taking? No, no, honestly. So, I you you and I you know that I'm a passionate person. When even when we go back and forth, there's probably times exactly. where, you, where there's probably times where you're probably like, damn, man, I was just saying it's not. I, prom <laughs> I promise you, it's nothing personal. That's just me. But. The real reason why I'm so scared is because I look at I, I know Americans, man. Like, you know, how you mentioned, you know, you know, you, you've had you, you've had some sport over, you know, across the pond over there because you guys have taken care of business, man. We really? didn't. We well, you uh, certainly a lot more than we have. We have not. So the thought of it. While yes, I'm gonna watch, and everybody, you know, the, and you, know, if you if you think I'm a hypocrite, call me one. That's okay. I'm going to watch. I'm going to enjoy the entertainment. I'm just not going to say. I'm not gonna lie to myself and say that yeah, this is entirely safe because it's not. I'm going to hope for the best, and I'm going to pray that nobody gets seriously ill, whether it's a player, a you know, staffer, a coach, anybody in between. But I, I I just can't go as far as to say like oh yeah this is a good you know this is actually actively a good situation to be putting these guys in because I do not think that it is. No, and I agree with you. The, the saving grace for me is um, the best medical experts will be there, so that, that's mm -hmm. a great thing for one. And number two, if it was the NFL, I'd be a lot more wary of it to be honest with you, just with the NFL's history. Um, this is an NBA podcast, so I don't want to go into it too much. Um, just, just stay out. I they agree. Very, I agree. They are very, they are very, they are very um, closely tied to a, a guy whose name rhymes with Ronald Pump. Um, that's all. That's all I'll say. Uh, hmm. You know, hmm. and um, yeah. So I'm, I'm very confident because I, I think Adam Silver is the best commissioner in, in American sports. I really do, and he's shown that. Um, I, it's, it's the only league where I feel like. The league actually gives a damn about its players in America. You know, I, I I can meet you halfway on that one as well. I, I I will say this: it's the only of the professional sports where I feel like the league and the players are in are are are, are in conjunction on on things. You know what I'm saying? Like like ultimately, the league you know the league you know just given the nature of what a league is it is is going to care about bottom line more than anything else. And like and and that's the thing that I that that, that I'm going to you know that, that I have to just say, but. 
I do agree with you that it at least appears that Adam Silver cares more than others have. I won't even you know point a finger at you know one guy over another, but certainly more than others have, or 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 even have in the past. Um, you know, so I, that that does give me more confidence. The fact that the fact that you know that it isn't it doesn't appear to be a situation where it's just the league or the owners bullying the players' union, and that it, you know like and that all you know most parties are in agreement. I, you know, it, it 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 is cause for it is cause for you know some optimism there. Look, like you, man, I want this to go. I want this to work well. <laughs> I really, really, really want it to work well. But, you know, it's funny. I just had this conversation with Josh on, on our show uh, just, this, just this week, and he was asking me what I thought the odds were because one of the listeners, you know, <clears throat> they, you know, they provided a listener question. What I thought the odds were that this thing, you know, wrap, you know, you know, starts on time and ends on, you know, and actually goes to, you know, through to fruition. And I said about 60, you know, I think I said 60 or 65 percent. And, you know, and, and he then there was some pushback in what I and what I said was, look. That means I think there's a better, a greater chance that it 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 goes off well than than not. It just means that I also acknowledge that there's a risk there, and I appreciate these folks for taking this risk that much more. Definitely, and you know, if someone asked me, I'd say seventy-five, twenty-five. You know, because mm-hmm. in a situation in a global pandemic, there's never going to be zero risk. Like, let's be real yeah. about that. Of course. Whoever thinks there is zero risk is an idiot, and I'll blatantly say it. They're an idiot, uh, but at the same time, like like you said, I'm still much more optimistic than I am pessimistic about the whole situation succeeding. Primarily because we have the best teams there, and purely I believe in the leaders in the NBA, the likes of LeBron, Chris Paul, who seems to be a phenomenal leader. Then you have the likes of Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon. Etc. Etc. Then I can see Jay McCollum's also in the NBA PA. You know, he's a vice president. Um, you have the likes of Andre Iguodala as well. You know, these guys. I feel like if anyone can make sure that this thing gets played out properly, I feel like this group of people that are in the NBA right now, this group of players, I feel like are probably the best equipped people to be able to do all that. You know, it's funny. I 100% agree with you, but I, I I have to poke fun at the fact that you didn't name one of the six VPs. You named all, you named all the other ones. You didn't name one of them. Was it Anthony Tolliver? <laughs> no, that wasn't him. Uh, you didn't you didn't make, you didn't mention Kyrie. That's interesting. That's that's a, that's a, that's an omission. But no, no. Point taken. And agreed. Um, they they do seem to have a a, a genuine and general mix. Uh, it's not just because here's the thing. It wouldn't be a good thing if it's just LeBron and, you know, and, and the CP3 types, because then you get a whole lot of the league getting ignored. The fact that they've got a mix of the older veterans, you know, obviously, the, you know, the biggest, you know, the biggest name in the game, as well as guys that are veteran guys, as well as the younger guys, the next up and coming guys in that mix. That also is is, is what you know, you know brings me confidence that it, it is a united front, even even with. And I, I was going to say stragglers, even with a few people that, you know, that, that don't disagree, you know, that, excuse me, that don't necessarily agree. But I just do want to point out that the parties in Space Mountain at James Harden's new adult entertainment center will be ridiculous. I can guarantee that. Hey, look, the, the, <laughs> hey, the, 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 look Disney dollars can rain just like regular dollars. <laughs> yeah. All I'm saying is he's going to make Ric Flair's dreams come true. <laughs> I'm gonna stay out of it. I'm gonna stay out of trouble. 
but let but let me let's be clear. There will be some there there will be some epic bubble moments. I can gu- absolutely <laughs> guarantee it. I can guarantee, and, and I kind of can't wait. I can't wait for it to start being leaked across the timeline. Listen, respect to you for staying PG. I respect that. <laughs> it's, well, you, you you know what it is. You know it's just because I don't have the ability to edit. So if I don't like it, it's either PG or X for me. There's no <laughs> there's no, there's no PG thirteen. There's no rated R. There's like blah 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 blah. Or yes, here we are today. <laughs> Let, let's uh, move on to what we think will actually happen in the bubble. Um, I for one am very confident about the Lakers' chances within the bubble. Um, only so because um, there may or may not have been secret practices where the majority of the Lakers were working out at one time or another and scrimmaging against one each other. I, I can't say for certain, and I cannot not say for certain if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so so here's the thing with that, and you know, of course, nobody's gonna you know step in anything, but. I would be very surprised if NBA players were not doing NBA things. And that's the reason why I made the point. That's the reason why I specifically made that point about, like, you know, Middleton. And I don't want to single him out, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it because he acknowledged it. This isn't just a matter of, like, a speculation. He acknowledged this. He said these things out loud in public. Uh, but, no, I, I, it, nothing shocked You know, it, it wouldn't shock me if NBA guys did NBA things because that's, you know, it, it's it's what they do. It, it And that's the thing. While, yes, there are certainly players that do it because they're six foot ten and, you know, and, and, and gifted and, and have and have done the things that they need to do physically in order to get there. And it's a job. A l- overwhelming majority of these guys are hoopers. And everybody knows the difference between a basketball player. And a, a, ho- a basketball player is going to play when the lights are on. A hooper is going to play is, is going to if he doesn't have a hoop. He's gonna take a you know old school style, take the you know the wire hanger and stuff it in the door and throw a rolled up pair of socks in there because he's just got to hoop. Trey Young in the lockdown. Exactly. <laughs> he creates his own free point contest. Exactly. So no, exactly. Um, what I did want to I I don't know about you, but I do feel super confident about the Lakers' chances. Um, oh yes, you, you're right. And and uh, sorry, I didn't even I didn't even address that. Look. I'll be straight up. I think the Lakers are coming out of this. If all things are even, if everybody and and of course there's no such no way to guarantee this, but if everybody goes in relatively healthy, which yo know, you'd imagine they do, and nobody has any catastrophic injuries, even with the loss of Avon Brad Avery Bradley, even with the uncertainty of you know what you're necessarily going to get from a Jr. or get from or what you can even expect from a Deion Waiters at this stage in his career, you know either one of those guys at this stage in his career, I do think that the, the, that 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 they have enough, and in particular in a playoff setting, to get it done. A, pl- a parade in October in LA still means nice weather, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm going to keep it real with you. This is where I am going to play dad. Let's, let, let's worry about virtual parades down the line. <laughs> I, what I don't want is, you know, a, a million and a half Lakers fans coming, you know, coming down getting sick. So, But, uh, yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we need to. <laughs> That's me being uber confident again with COVID. Oh, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but, yes, to answer your question, it's still hot. It's still hot in October in L.A. So, yeah, y'all, everybody's good. But, but just – with any one team has dealt with diver- uh, adversity, sorry, this year, it's been the Lakers. Let's just go, you know, straight back to you know the preseason and let's talk about you know what happened in China. You know mm-hmm. that was a that was a scary situation for all involved. I bet you know they still handled it with class and decorum. You know 
they were basically isolated as Pete Zayas said beautifully, you know, in the Lakers film room podcast, and which is phenomenal, by the way, everyone should listen to the Lakers film room podcast. Um, he said it like if there was ever a microcosm of, you know, what life will be like quarantined with your teammates, that was it. Because there was a period of like seven to 10 days where they didn't leave the hotel rooms. It was just them, you know? So I, I would not have, I would not have put those together, but that's a great point. And, you know, y- yes, there were several other teams that had it. it. It was, it was sort of a precursor. It was sort of a precursor to all of this, but you know, it's as crazy as, as crazy as all of this is, I swear to you, even though, yes, I knew that was this season, as you were stating it, I was like, man, but that really was this season. It's, <laughs> it, it, like, like we, we've been apart for three, four months, and yes, the, you know, that adds to it. But that, that, really, that legitimately feels like that was like either last year or even the year before that. And you're right. That was, you know, what, what, within the last six months, seven months? That's wild. Nine months ago it was almost. Oh, there you yeah, go. So it's not even been a year yet. Like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so much has changed. Jeez. And obviously, the world went to shit when the passing of Kobe Bryant happened. So, uh, French, you know. But, yeah. So, you know, yeah. if there's been any one team that can handle adversity this year, it's this Laker team. That's my belief on it, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I will excuse your French, and I'll say it went to total mierde. Um, <laughs> don't at me, folks. I know my. I know my, my, my accents are not great, but you know, um, yeah, man. I, and, and that's another thing, man. I, not that I had forgotten he died, you know, that I hadn't because every time he, it pops up, it makes me, it puts me right yeah. back into that moment. But again, you're right. Uh, yet another thing that, you know, that this team has gone through now, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit here. Like, you know, I, I've seen some folks on ESPN, like saying like, Oh, this add that to, you know, LeBron's legacy for his MVP. No, no, no. Let's stop that. We don't need to, we don't need to invoke Kobe's death or any yeah. of that stuff, you know, for that. But if we're having an honest conversation about things that the team has endured over the course of this year, it it, 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 it very clearly is. And, you know, when you add all that together and other little things that have happened, you know, small bumps in the road here and there and whatnot, I'm, A, I'm really proud that these are our Lakers this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's certain teams that, you know, teams might not be proud of and whatnot, but these guys are fantastic like one proof i know we dog on rondo and stuff but rondo seems like a good dude like off the court oh, yeah he seems like yeah. a really good dude as well if, if rondo were not a likable individual like honestly rondo wouldn't probably wouldn't be in the league it certainly wouldn't be on this team like in position potentially to you know to contribute to a t- you know to a title winner you know what i'm saying like 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 that like that's the thing that Twitter doesn't necessarily permit, or to, you know, nobody takes the you know takes the time to really add context and, and 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 truth to a conversation. Whereas we can be annoyed by the things that he does on the court, or the fact that you know he's a turnstile on defense. Okay, I promised myself I wouldn't do that. We can be annoyed <laughs> by some. Of the, we can be annoyed by some of the stuff, but you don't have to like equate that to be you know the, the person being a terrible individual. And by all accounts, Rondo is a great guy that is respected and loved around the league and very much appreciated by his teammates. And especially by the young players. Like, I think it's very easy to forget that Rondo was the guy that all the players loved in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and, and some you know. of that some some of that comes down to, you know, he you know, he, he, he could be a bit of a divisive personality. So I you know, like so that that situation played out a little bit a little bit differently. But I agree. And and that's the thing. 
even though Rondo can't do the things that he used to do, that doesn't necessarily that doesn't in any way by any stretch mean that he can't still instill those, you know, instill those lessons in others and continue to help others like an AC or like any of the any of the guards on the Lakers or any of the players on the Lakers continue to develop, you know, continue to develop along the way, which, quite frankly, is why I said at the beginning of the year. And I'm not trying to say get him off the team, but it's why I said, hey, look, if you want him in the mix, bring him in, you know, like have him in there continuing as, as an assistant coach. I referenced that because even after this year, whether they were to win or not, if if moving forward, he wanted to stay in the mix in that capacity, I would absolutely be in favor of it. Definitely. So I know you sort of said it, but just to round things off, I just want to say your prediction for who wins in the bubble. Man, I think it's going to be Lakers Bucks. I think we're going to get I think we're going to get what we all wanted. I think we're still going to get Lakers Clippers in the, in the Western Conference Finals and I want it. I want I want that more. I want that more than I wanted um Lakers Celtics in 2010. I want that. And then ultimately I think it's going to end up being uh, Lakers Bucks and you know what? Hey, I don't mind if it ends up being that. I don't mind that Middleton took that time off. Good on you, man. <laughs> Good on you. Well, Jason Tatum ruined my hot take by um, you know, saying he hadn't played for three months. My hot take was going to be it was the Lakers Celtics finals. But oh. He had to not pick up a basketball for three months. <laughs> you know what? If if we got it, you know I would take it. Oh, <laughs> you man. know, you know I, I would take it. I was speaking mm-hmm. to my dad, and man, I was saying like, if we get a Lakers Celtics finals, just from sentimental values of all the crap that's happened this year, mm-hmm. man. What, what a nice way to round, round off the NBA season that would be. Matter of fact, now I, I will I will reverse course on what I said earlier. Then I will say, y'all MFs better win this for Kobe. Y'all, y'all, better, not lose, y'all better not lose this in Kobe's death year. If we got the Celtics, y'all better, y'all better summons the Mamba mentality. You better summons all of it. Summons the ghost of Magic, the ghost of Kareem, the ghost of all of the Laker greats in order to make the, in order to make this take place. You make Jerry West switch hallways immediately Absolutely. for that. Come up out, come up out that gray suit and throw that little tight pasty, uh, <laughs> uh, pasty purple jersey on. You know what time it is. <laughs> so, but, but, um, I. I don't know. You know who I'm most worried about in the West? And that's no disrespect to the Clippers, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a fresh Houston Rockets team with yeah. Westbrook and Harden. I can't look pa- Honestly, that's scary. That, that, that really is scary for me. Look, um, if we're being honest, if we're being honest, that might be one of the worst matchups specifically because of that, of that backcourt. The Lakers do not have an do not have a, a you know a, a, an answer for either one of those guys. I'm not saying they have an answer for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but they do not have an answer for James Harden. I think I know for a fact KCP will give it his will give it his all, you know, and and they would throw a, a host of bodies at him. But in a, in a series that worries that matchup worries me a lot more than it does uh, than than it would it probably would worry other people. It's a it's a. It's a fun hypothetical when you throw up all these matchups. Like, I'm so excited that we're getting the NBA back. Like, yes. so, so excited, man. <laughs> we talk about it a lot, but I, I honestly believe it. Like, truly, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> Look, it, 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 it's been a long time coming, but let's be real. 
And this is the reason why I'm not even going to lie about it and say, even though I acknowledge that, you know, like the risk, I'm going to thoroughly enjoy it. We need, we all, everybody needs this, like everybody does. And I'm saying from an entertainment standpoint, I'm saying from an entertainment standpoint, I'm also acknowledging I'm not in any way ignoring the health risks. Like I, 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 I'm only hitting that point repeatedly so that it never, so so that, you know, like I'm never misquoted or it's like, oh, this guy, look, he doesn't care about the players. I thought he cared about them. I do. But if they're willing to take the risk, you're damn right I'm about to enjoy this. Please fast forward for the, fast forward through the next, you know, three, four weeks. I'm not being funny, right? If they've if they're taking the risk, and then I don't know, I feel wrong not watching it because they're doing it for our sake more than their sake. I believe. I feel like they realize that people need an outlet as well during this this horrible time. I, I think Adam Silver wants you to believe that, but let's no. This is this is about this is about business. This isn't about. You know, I'm not talking about Adam Silver. Adam Silver's is about business. I'm talking oh, about the okay. You mean the players? Okay, I'm gotcha. talking the players, not the NBA. And I know the NBA is a business. You know me for long enough now, Jabari. Yeah, that's why I was like, I was like, that's why I was like, let me jump right. This is his show. I'm an I'm an a hole right now. Let me jump in here because hell no, that's not the case. But yeah, no, I I, I hear you. I I. I you know what? I do think that there are there are certainly some players that probably feel a sense of duty beyond simply wanting to come back and play. I, I do agree with you on that. Um, I feel like that's the perfect way to round things up. Calling the NBA out as a business and propping up the players even more. I feel like that's <laughs> that's the best way to end. Jabari, thank you so much. These 50-odd minutes have flown by. Really enjoyed the chats, as always, with you. So the people where they can find you. Alan, I'm not joking when I say this is the most fun. Like, I, you know, I do, you, you know, I do a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of radio shows. This one is always the most fun. And I truly appreciate your time. And I, I appreciate you, you giving me the platform. Uh, Dunks and Discourse, real simple, on Twitter at Dunks Discourse or on Twitter at Jabari Davis NBA. Thanks, guys. Oh, and, 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 I, and I'm, you know, the, the one beautiful thing about these podcasts, it brings friends. And I'm glad you're a friend now. And, you know, we have fun when we record these Lakers shows because we get to be Lakers homers. You know, you know I try to hold it in as well, but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you just can't. You, you, you just can't. That that right there is probably why it's so much fun, because when obviously when I'm going on other people's shows or when I'm doing my own show, um, while, yes, the, you know, the folks will know what it is with me. I can't I can't sit there pounding my chest, you know, re, re, you know tearing off my you know, my shirt Hulkamania style to to, you know, to, you know, to display a, a, a huge Lakers tat. I can't necessarily do that. <laughs> so I do. I do appreciate. Like I said, I do appreciate this platform. No worries, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, if you did enjoy the podcast, please leave a five-star review as always on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find it. You can follow me at AlanRamit03. Thank you so much for listening, guys, once more. Take care.